Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Phenomenal Forum. I am your host, Matt Weinstein, and joining me now, second week in a row, that's almost a streak, it's a one-on-one today, the modern-day Klimaraja, Chris Klimazewski. What's up, Matt, man? What's up, cuz? This is the first time we have done this two weeks in a row since WrestleMania, and I'm ready to go. We got a lot to do, a lot to talk about. First time ever, I wrote out notes with a pen and paper. Ooh. If anything, I would type it. But for, for some reason, I was very invested this week. I wrote all the all my draft notes on a notepad. We got AEW stuff. I drew out a bracket for the world tournament. All on paper. It's, Look at that. It, it's big. It's, it, it's good. It's a big week. It is no, it is. Look, first of all, whenever we do two shows in a row like this, it's always a big week. You know, it's just unfortunate that Mark and Drew can't be here. Well, Drew's like Brock Lesnar; he shows up when he pleases. So, it's true. And <laughs> Mikey's calling me right now. Hold up. Oh my god! Fucking oh, hey, are you home? Yeah. You want to be on the Phenomenal Forum right now? I'm currently live. Uh, Zoom. All right, I'll send it to you. <laughs> That's fine. All right, goodbye. All right, that was our good friend, Michael Campione. I called him earlier, and he said he didn't answer. Now he said, yeah, I can come on for a little bit. I'm going to send him the Zoom link, um, and then he'll, he'll pop in whenever. Um, in the meantime, though, we have a lot to talk about. WWE draft this week, AEW, um, full gear in a couple weeks, the this past Wednesday was the year anniversary of the um, AEW Dynamite. A lot going on there. I want to start with the draft though, Clem. Raw and SmackDown, they get shaken up. Shout out the Superstar Shake Up. But a lot of new faces, a lot of fresh matchups that we might see here. Clem, who's the biggest name or two names that stand out to you that switch brands this week? Well, first of all, the big name I think that stands out. I I am I'm I'm shocked he didn't get taken on the on Friday night SmackDown on the first day, but it's the Fiend. I think the Fiend storyline with Alexa Bliss, and I'm not I'm not even counting Alexa Bliss as in this, but the Fiend storyline with what he's been doing since he's been the Fiend has been just incredible. He's been incredibly doing incredible wrestling. He's ama- he's just amazing promos, everything with the Firefly Funhouse. It's just been fantastic. So him going from SmackDown to Raw, it gives us a new like uh, fresh, fresh faces because now he can go against Drew, go against Randy, all the, all these different possibilities now. Even even with guys who came over from SmackDown to Raw with him, like even against Braun Strowman, we I would love to see him against Braun Strowman again. That was fantastic. And you mentioned, you know, you were, you were surprised he didn't get picked in that first night. They, I enjoy the way they do it, where they split it up. They say, these are the people who are eligible to be drafted on night one. These are the people who are eligible to be drafted on night two. So then the reason Bray Wyatt isn't, you know, the number one pick on SmackDown on, on Friday when they're drafting, I mean, is because, well, he's not eligible today. So they at least they give you enough reason. Same reason why, like, on the first night, Bianca Belair and somebody else, I don't remember who exactly, but they were drafted before Bailey. It was Sasha, I think. It was Sasha Banks and Bianca were both drafted before Bailey. 
which if everybody's eligible the same night doesn't make sense, but because they go out and say, hey, here's who's eligible. Bailey's not eligible till night two. I, I like it that they split it up like that. They give well, everybody more time to. Yeah, so do I. Because like in, in, in all reality, like they could have drafted all the champions on Saturday night, uh, on Friday night SmackDown, and then on Monday Night Raw, it could have been all like uh, mid-card guys. It's like, yeah, no one care, really cares about those guys. Because by the end of night one, why do I need to watch the second night? I'll read and see whoever got drafted. But um, So both shows on Friday when it started, their first picks, they both took their champions. Roman stays on SmackDown. Drew McIntyre stays on Raw. But you mentioned The Fiend is the guy who stands out for you. For me, the most excited I am about a person swapping brands is for the first time since the brand split came back in 2016 Seth Rollins is going to be on Friday night Smackdown and when you look at this we have a very special guest one Michael Campione joining us via Zoom hi Michael right away I'm going to I'm going to bring you right into what we were talking about talking about the draft Clem said that his you know the, the number one guy that he looked at that he's excited for switching brands was the fiend I said that I'm the most excited to see Seth Rollins now go to SmackDown. How do you feel about, you know, those top couple names that switched places in the draft? I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I'm probably the most excited for Kevin Owens because I'm a huge Kevin Owens guy. You know me. Um, The Fiend moving over. Yeah, it's pretty cool because now he has some, like, fresh faces to feud with instead of feuding with, like, the same ten guys. Uh, one thing I also wish happened with Seth Rollins moving over. I wish that the Mysterio family did not move over because I'm kind of sick of that feud. It's been going on for what two months since WrestleMania, right? Or no, not since WrestleMania, sorry, since SummerSlam, right? Wasn't that Tom's first match? Longer than that, but it's it's been it's It's the number of course we see Seth Rollins move over to SmackDown. He's got he can do some great things. You can put him with Roman Reigns, you can put him with Sami Zayn. Oh, but, you know, you can put him with Daniel Bryan even, who's coming back tonight on SmackDown. But, you know, we're, we're going to go till at least the Rumble seeing this. And Murphy's there, too, seeing Rollins and Murphy and Ray. And right, I'm still super uncomfortable with that Murphy's thing with Ray's daughter. No, I mean, it's it's, 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 like, it's weird. It is weird. Like, and even Matt was mentioning it, like, in our group chat. He was just like, they keep pounding the fact that she's 19 years old, like, that's the main thing. She says that every time she's on screen, she's like, and I'm only 19. Okay, stop stop telling me you're only 19. Like, I, I, can, I can see that you're only 19. I don't need to be reminded that you're 19. They, ha- they have to jam that through, let everybody know nothing is wrong here. Buddy Murphy, look, Murphy, Buddy, whatever you want to call him, he's just getting his. That's fine. Um, but the thing about Ray and Dominic, though, not so much Ray anymore, but definitely, like I said last week, Dominic is like one of my new favorite wrestlers. He's so much fun to watch. He can't really talk, but through these storylines, he's at least, he's figuring it out. But since he debuted, I guess it was SummerSlam, so uh, two and a half months ago, say, he's wrestled in some sort of capacity, Rollins and Murphy, and that's it. I mean, I, he, when he debuted at SummerSlam, I thought he looked very good for his first time ever, and especially going against a guy like Seth Rollins. 
and you know, but we we want to see him branch out a little bit, you know, wrestle other guys that aren't Murphy or Rollins. And now when we when we figured, oh, Rollins is going to SmackDown, that's good. Storylines ended, but no, who's coming to SmackDown as well? Ray and Dominic. So this feud's gonna continue. It's still gonna be terrible. No, I agree. I think Dominic looks great for being only in the WWE for like two or three months. Granted, the guy can't talk, but like he's brand new. Did anybody expect him to be the best talker? Yeah. No. Some guys still can't figure out, and they've been on the roster for like six, seven years. But no, I think Dom's been doing a great job. It is a little weird to see him in the WWE, considering like 15 years ago he was being contested for in a ladder match. And they're trying to do the same story. A couple weeks ago, Seth Rollins was like, oh, maybe Aaliyah isn't your daughter, right, Ray? Like, we don't remember. Are they trying to make me feel like it's Seth's daughter? Like, I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't understand it. Matt, it needs, I know, it, it needs end. What did you say, Clem? I was going to say, I know one move that sh- that probably shook you up is the breakup of the New Day. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. That was one of the next things I was going to talk about. The past couple months we had seen, you know, Woods was out. Kofi took some time off. So it was just Big E. They said, no, you do your thing. Be the single star. And now that they're back, like Kofi won the WWE Championship, but they didn't break up the New Day. He was right. just the champion and they whether they came out with him or he came out separately he was still the new day and that's the way it should be but i guess they wanted to do it a little bit differently this time for big e right now it's going to be sink or swim he's on smackdown he's alone and realistically i think he could be in that main event scene at some point with you know those top four or five names on smackdown roman seth daniel bryan and then you, you also have kevin owens and Sami Zayn, who i'm hoping get together, do something with the Intercontinental title um, starting as early as tonight, probably. But for Big E, he can be in those stories with those guys. Big E versus Roman Reigns, sign me up. Big E versus Seth Rollins. Those are new stories that the draft helps build. Right. No, it's definitely interesting to see. And people like, like, like we, like I even like when, when Big E was starting to do this by himself, people forget like, he was an intercontinental champion. He was a United States champion. He was NXT champion. champion. Yeah, exactly. People forgot that because everyone was so in love with the New Day. It's like, oh, okay, they were always a tag team. They weren't always a tag team. Big E was a great singles wrestler. Kofi was a great singles wrestler. Xavier Woods, I don't know. I don't know the history behind him. His singles wrestling. I'm pretty sure it's great, but not not much in the WWE. But you know, uh, the story writes itself. I said one of the guys I like to see Big E wrestle Seth Rollins. Six, seven years ago, who did Big E beat for the NXT Championship? The inaugural champion, Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. No, it's been yeah, – I'm excited to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tight that New Day's broken up, but I'm excited to see Big E on his own. So I think one of – probably the biggest snub of the whole draft, but to me it didn't make sense because they've built him up to be such an animal since he's been on Raw, and he fell – I think it was the end of the third round on the second night behind guys like Ricochet, who I love Ricochet, but Ricochet, who's done nothing. Matt Riddle, who's done very little behind Lars Sullivan, who went to SmackDown is Keith Lee. He fell a lot in this draft. That's my thing. They bring back Lars Sullivan. What what are they going to do with him? Like all of a sudden he's back. Oh, what? He's going to be the same thing he was four months ago. 
Like they, like these guys like that, like well, them, he's been gone at least a year. Like they need to come up with storylines with these NXT guys because these guys were big timers in NXT. Then they come up, it's the same thing. Oh, they're getting lost in the shuffle. Keith Lee's wrestled Randy Orton what seven times, and he's been on the main roster for what two months. They keep doing the same thing over and over for these guys. Keith Lee, I think, would have probably been better on SmackDown. Would have given him a fresh good. place to be a big star. But no, here he is, sticking on Raw with probably the most crowded roster I think we've had in a while. There's like 10 guys there that could be top two guys on any shows. No, you're absolutely right, Mike. And it's just, you know, you mentioned when you mentioned Sullivan. You know, before, you know, the whole porn star and behind-the-scenes stuff he was doing, you know, he was on set. Well, what was the rumor was that he was supposed to get a big push by the WWE, by Vince McMahon and everything like that. You know, and then then all the stuff came out about him. So then, like Matt said, we haven't seen him in a year or so. So now I think they might be pushing, continue that to push him just a little bit more. I mean, but again, there's like so many other better wrestlers than Lars Sullivan on the on the roster to push other than him. Plus, we all know he can't talk for shit. He is the worst. He doesn't have to. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have to. But the one time we heard him, it it was awful. I I would I'm rather. I'm sure he won't talk much. Um, I like Lars Sullivan. I do. Um, that being said, he's been gone a year. All the yeah, he's he's a guy who could benefit from a manager. But you know, he's been gone for at least a year. All the stuff we've we've heard about him behind the scenes, off the camera, I I lose a lot of interest in Lars Sullivan. Um. As for Keith Lee, though, because he's another guy in that category of, you know, Lars, Lee, Braun Strowman, those monsters, heel or babyface, doesn't really matter, where how many of those big guys can you have where it beco- it, it'll just become less of a spectacle? It's like, wow, look how big Keith Lee is. All right, well, Lars Sullivan's just as big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who cares? Um, we're getting uh, Keith Lee versus Braun on Monday night. Um which, you know, I don't love Braun, but it's that's fun. I'm excited for it. Um, otherwise, but, but, you know, Mikey, you had mentioned you thought Keith Lee should have went to SmackDown. I think that, and you know, say what you want about this guy, I would have put him in a feud with, because there's a lot going on with the main, the main, the main event, the universal title with Roman and Jey Uso. You know who I think Keith Lee would have benefited the most from? if he was in a program with right away on SmackDown, Baron Corbin. You put him with Baron Corbin. Corbin's a heat magnet. Keith Lee gets over. He has some solid matches. He does his moves. He wins two, three matches for a couple weeks, and then he moves on, whether it's for the IC title or maybe it's in a program with Seth Rollins. But that's the story where he could have got himself over to that next level. But now – he might get lost in the shuffle after this Strowman, depending on what happens with the Strowman match on Raw. Wait, here's my problem with Baron Corbin and Keith Lee. I don't think Baron Corbin has ever had a feud that lasted two matches. He feuded with Roman for three months. He's feuded with anybody for three months. It's just, it gets to the point where like, okay, drag. I'm tired of seeing Keith Lee versus Baron Corbin. This guy won King of the Ring cool like he has he wears a crown i'm proud of him that that's not a few that like entices me though like if i'm having keith lee i want keith lee to go against these big guys like he doesn't have to wrestle the same guy every week but just put him in the mix like 
Baron Corbin, yeah, he's a great talent. He's a great heel. But he could be wrestling so many other people. Like, put him against Seth. I don't think – put him against Big E. That's a money match right there. Right, no, absolutely. Two, like, the strongest guys in SmackDown. And you know, the, one, the one difference between, you know, and we've – I've been saying this for a while, you know, they don't – whatever it is, like, they haven't gotten the NXT call-ups right since probably, like, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and when the Shield got brought up. Samoa Joe, if you didn't get injured. Really, yeah, but you can't even say. The one difference, though, about Keith Lee compared to all the other, like, past NXT champions, you know, when they when the guys like Aleister Black, Andrade got called up, Finn Balor, I mean, maybe the last person to get, like, this much heat was, I mean, not this much, this much popularity was probably Finn Balor, but, like, you know. That's like, another one where, other than the injury, you probably would have had a superstar. Exactly, and you see that with Keith Lee a little bit now too like he's he was the probably the most hype since finn balor and you know they're kind of not pushing him to the side but they could have they could have put him in you know these feuds with drew mcintyre or if he went to smackdown he instantly could have done a feud with roman reigns i mean roman versus keith lee would have been so exciting to watch a hell in the cell for me the saving grace The hope is for retribution, now that they have Mustafa Ali, you know, a known superstar, if the rest of these guys get rid of the masks, get rid of the names, the T-bars and maces and black and slapjacks, and it's just, oh, look, I'm Keith Lee, you're Dominic Dijakovic. That's how you get him over on the main roster, the same way you got him over at the beginning of his NXT run. You let him wrestle Dominic Dijakovic. They're on the same show. The history is documented. Run it back. It's a no-brainer. No, absolutely. I mean, that was some very interesting. Like, I was getting tired that they kept wrestling each other. But, like, at the same time, I was like, I'm not tired of it because I know a hundred, 10 times out of 10, this is going to be an excellent match between Dominic and uh, – Dominic, let me phrase it. Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee. Looking at Mike, I'm looking at Mikey like he may have had something to add. That's all right. Um, I said my piece. I said my piece. I whenever I talk to Matt about the retribution angle, it's stupid. It's run its course. Again, Mustafa Ali might be able to help it. I would care about it more if they didn't have the stupid nicknames. Like if they just came out, like Matt just said, if they just came out with their regular names, like this Dio Madden guy. He was on Raw for what, like a couple of weeks when he was an announcer? But it wasn't even a year ago that he was on Raw. Like, people don't remember who this guy is. So, like, reintroduce him. Which one is he? He's not. Which one's, what's his name? Mace. Stupid. One's worse than the other. Yeah, like, it's just. And the other one's Chain Thorn, right? Where, like, Chain Thorn is Slapjack. He wears like the, the Freddy the mask. Whole, the whole mask. So you have no idea who that guy is. Well, the one thing, too, it doesn't make any sense is why is Mia Yim part of this? Like, I feel well, like I feel originally like it was going to be opportunities on NXT to, to win the women's championship. And she just it was going to be Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, but then they kind of slowly phased Mercedes Martinez out. I think she's going back to NXT, so, which is fine. I honestly prefer that. But now Mia Yim doesn't really fit. And her mask barely covers her face. She has bright blue hair. It's not like, I mean, we know who all of them are, but 
it's obvious who she is, especially the fact that she's dating Keith Lee. Keith Lee comes back to it. That's his best friend and his girlfriend. Like, oh, they're wearing masks. I don't know who they are. Give me a break. Well, it's like even when they were doing the Carmella interview. I mean, the Carmella previews. Like, oh, who's the mystery woman? We all knew that was Carmella for three weeks. Like, like it was no like the only other possible person it could have been who I highly doubt it was. And I think I texted you this in our group chat, man. It was Summer Ray. That was the only other possibility, and there was absolutely no chance it was going to be her. So we all knew. I thought I thought it was going to be Chelsea Green. No, I I agree with Matt. I thought it was going to be Chelsea Green. But are they going to ever wrestle? Like, has me and Yem even wrestled as like? Oh, retribution. They had the three guys: Dajakovic, Madden, and wrestle like every week. And uh, Shane Thorne. No, they had one match. They had a a six man against Hertha. Her business. That was it. I thought they did another match. I don't think so. Um, the Hurt Business staying on Raw, I enjoy. Um, They're the best I'm, part of Raw right now. I'm looking forward to Hurt Business versus Retribution. Hopefully, that's where we go. Did you um, see the Eddie Guerrero tribute, though, too? Because that was cool. Because I was going through Twitter after Ricochet did that. And Twitter right. was just sending gifts of Eddie Guerrero, like, laughing and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? I completely forgot that Eddie did this. And now that just makes it 100 times better. And now the thing about that is the stipulation was if Ricochet beats Cedric, her business has to leave him alone. And that happened. And the other guy who the her business was tangled up with the whole time was Apollo Cruz. He's now on SmackDown. So hopefully the her business, they're able to do something new, something fresh, whether they're involved with Drew McIntyre again after this whole Orton thing, or maybe they go after retribution for real, and that's a long-term story instead of every now and then popping up. I think that's but, the Survivor Series match. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think it could be. No, I think it could be. I think too. that's the Survivor Series match. They're gonna be down one more guy, and they're gonna need that one person. Well, that's for. I mean, realistically, they could. Ha- they could have you know your five-on-five Raw versus SmackDown, and then a four-on-four Hurt Business versus Retribution. But her business needs another fourth. Oh no, never mind. No, they have it's MVP Lashley, yeah. Shelton and Cedric versus Ali, Mace, T Bar, and Slapjack. Um I, I was saying I know we're getting ahead of the program, but because we just talked about Survivor Series, is NXT gonna be a Survivor Series this year? Is it gonna be like what they I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, but um who knows what they end up doing. They might just do like the undisputed era versus somebody because like those guys are always involved, like mm-hmm. But like Adam Cole's Adam Cole's tangled up with Ridge Holland. Doing the thing with Ridge Holland now. Dexter Loomis is back. Dexter so who knows? Yeah, so you never know. I'm a big Dexter Loomis guy. Love Dexter Loomis. I find that of him. I love He's him. fun. Um, a couple other guys who moved around. AJ and Jeff Hardy back on Raw. Um, the women, for the most part, stayed where they are. Bailey and Sasha still on SmackDown. Oscar Charlotte's still on Raw. Alexa Bliss moves over to Raw with Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bianca Belair moves over to SmackDown. Hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully she gets some time in the ring. Um, and then the other one, the other couple big names, the tag teams switch up. Obviously, uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods, the SmackDown tag titles. They bring the SmackDown tag titles to Raw. Street Profits bring the Raw titles to SmackDown. They just swapped them. Um, Miz and Morrison go over to Raw. Hopefully for the Street Profits, like – I thought they sh- they were going to lose the titles the past six months every time they wrestled Andrade and Angel Garza. They still have the titles, which is fine, but at least give them something new to do. Maybe they'll do something with uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe 
Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens ends up teaming up together. They do something with them, who, whoever it is. But, you know, again, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the list here. Another tag team gets split up really for no reason. Heavy machinery. Uh, Tucker goes to raw. Otis stays on SmackDown. Makes no sense, man. It's, it, I didn't even know they got split up. It, it drives me crazy that they cannot make a stable tag division. You have a good tag team. Everyone loves heavy machinery. You know what? Fuck it. We'll split them up. Makes absolutely no sense, man. I don't like it. It makes no sense. Look, I get it. Otis is Mr. Money in the Bank. Okay. But now, you know what this con- just confirms? That he will, at some point, cash it in on either Drew or Randy, whoever wins, or Roman. He's not going to – but you say those big names, he's not going to win the title. There's no shot. But they, they, look, the past, I think, three out of four, four out of five men's cash-ins have been failures. They can't keep, they can't keep making this a failure of a thing to do because then it's like, you know what? It's, it's not credible for the Money in the Bank winner to win anymore. It's kind of terrible, but he has to win. And what I thought what they were going to do was, they were like, all right, they'll use it to cash in on the tag t- champions which I don't like, but it's different in a way. So I'm like, okay, I'm for it a little bit. But now that's that possibility is just thrown out the window, and it just confirms that Otis at some point is going to use it to, to cash in on Drew slash Roman, Drew, Roman, or Randy, or Randy wins, whoever. I hate it. Um, so I, don't like, I don't like it. They haven't had a good briefcase run in a long time. Uh, the fact that they gave him – the briefcase, like I grant, I guess, like there was. It was funny. Movie. He was hot, you know. They, but they figured. He's, he's never on TV. It's What's not. A, it's not a long-term thing. Yeah, they isolated. They, they didn't put him this? on TV. How am I supposed to care about this? Say he cashes in on. Uh, they're gonna tell me that he's gonna beat Roman. Like, are you kidding me? You know who's gonna beat Roman right now? Nobody. Nobody. But Otis, the guy. No, thank you. Like he's um, not gonna cash this in, probably. Till maybe the next money in the bank. He might be the guy that holds it on, like Mr. Anderson wanted to do, like back in like 07. He wanted to, oh, I'm going to hang it on to it till WrestleMania. Yeah, well, and Kennedy. it's dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. Three, three of, so ice cold. Three of the last four money in the bank winners, men's wise at least, were failures. It was uh, Braun, Corbin, and it's going to be Otis if because he, he's not going to win. And Brock Lesnar was the only one that Brock was in 2019. Yeah, was the only one that successfully cashed in. The last good run with the briefcase, uh, a men's briefcase at least, was, in my opinion, set yeah. in 2014 mm-hmm. when he won it and then cashed in at Mania. It was I mean, a good... Dean's... Dean's was good. It was just he, he didn't have it. It was cool the same all the members hold the title in one night. That's what they were really going for that whole time. Right. That's not that that was bad. That was great, but it wasn't a run with the briefcase. He just won it, and then there was no briefcase for the rest of the year. Which I'm fine. I don't. I don't hate immediate cash ins, so I, I I don't discredit Dean with a. I mean, he technically had a good run with it, but I mean, like I I want to see this person hold hold the hold the briefcase for a while now, like Seth Rollins and Matt. I agree with you. Who else do we got here? I mean, like one of the most electric ones was Dolph. Like I still watch that video on Instagram once in a while, and that's like one of the biggest biggest pops. He had it for like nine months. Cashed. Everybody thought he was going to cash in at WrestleMania. He cashed in the next night. He held it for 267 days. He cashed it in the Raw after WrestleMania. 
You knew that off the top of your head, right? The 267 days? No, I told you. It's right on my screen. It's right next to me. Oh, look at that. He came prepared. Um, I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> Daniel Bryan coming back tonight on SmackDown, making his Thunderdome debut. That's how they're billing it, which I think is funny. Um, what do you think he does right away on SmackDown? I hope we get the tree hugger Daniel Bryan back because that's the best Daniel Bryan, first of all. Second of all, I don't know. It's really, you know, you could put him in in a title feud for the uh, IC title right away. But again, you know, you could put him against Roman Reigns. With Daniel Bryan, there's endless possibilities of who you could put him with. And that because he's just because one, he's just that good. And two, he's that good. That's what kind of wrestler he is. He can he can help put people over or he could be the champion if he wants. That's just that's how good Daniel Bryan is. So you can really put him anywhere on SmackDown. Like he's kind of the guy right now. Like there's really not much for him to do. Like he could feud with a couple guys. Like I think we said it earlier, like he could feud with Big E and see like, oh, Big E like passes like all the tests. Like, oh, is he really the one for the championship like he did with Roman a couple years ago at Fastlane. Like, he can do that. But other than that, like, maybe he feuds with Seth. Like, Seth That's what Ron, I was going to say. The Messiah. Dan could be like, oh, you haven't done anything. Like, I'm noteworthy. Like, he can, he can call out Seth. Like, that's probably a money feud. Like, you'll get at least two pay-per-views out of that one, and those are going to be good quality matches. But once again, with Seth, you really can't do anything with Seth till this Mysterio family saga closes. And because of that, that's where I would go with Daniel Bryan. I'd put him with Seth Rollins. But because of the Mysterio family thing, who knows what we're going to get. Here's what I would do. Here's how I would book Daniel Bryan's return tonight. Uh, He comes out, he cuts a promo, whatever. Maybe he has a match against somebody, a lower card guy, uh, whoever it may be. And then whether he's backstage cutting a promo, whether doing an interview or he's talking after his match. He takes a swift kick to the face from Alistair Black. Because Alistair Black, who got drafted, I think, in the very last round of the draft behind, he was in the same round as Peyton Royce and Titus O'Neil. I think R-Truth actually went the round ahead of him. Alistair Black, everything that was cool about him is gone. Right now, if you look, if you aren't, if you've never seen Aleister Black, if you only watch a little bit and you turn on SmackDown and you see Aleister Black, you think, wow, this is a bad guy and he's not that important. Yeah. They got rid of his music. They changed his gear. He doesn't do a lot of his moveset anymore. He's still wearing the eye patch. He's still wearing the eye patch, which I like, actually. But... Him and Kevin Kevin Owens should have had, you know, they had the potential to have a really good feud. They did very little. Kevin Owens won the other night. And I mean, they're still, they're on the same brand. They both went to SmackDown. Maybe they continue it, but this is a guy who at some point should be in the main event. Yeah, he should be, but you know, I'm so out on Aleister Black. Like I don't even care what he does. Does the WWE ruined him so bad? I was all in on Aleister Black in NXT. They ruined him so badly. I'm out. I'm, I don't. I have no interest in what Aleister Black does anymore. I agree with Clem. I mean, this guy—they built this guy to be some like supernatural force that we haven't seen since like the Undertaker. This guy lost his eye, and then we didn't see him for what, like a month, and 
he comes back and they're like, oh, Alistair Black's back. You should care about him. I care about him as much as I care about Robert Roode. I didn't even realize that Robert Roode came back like two weeks ago. He was off TV for a while. Yeah, him and Dolph Ziggler. Is he clean shave? Is the mustache still there? Uh, no, he's got the he's got the full mustache and beard look going on. I think. Then I care about him when he had his mustache. That was my favorite part of him. Uh, yeah, him and Dolph Ziggler. They'll probably end up wrestling the Street Profits for the next nine weeks. Yep. Um. Yeah, but the thing about Alistair Black is if you put him in a story with Daniel Bryan, whoever gets put in a story with Daniel Bryan, my, like I'm saying it's Alistair Black, but it could be anybody. It could be Big E. Like you guys said, Daniel Bryan doesn't need to win. Yeah, Same yeah. thing they did, you know, with Drew Gulak back earlier in the year with Sami Zayn. Daniel Bryan could lose a million matches in a row, and it wouldn't matter. Daniel Bryan is a main event talent. Like I've said countless times, in my opinion, he's still the greatest wrestler on the planet. They split he, them though. They split Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan too. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, that. Yeah, Gulak's on Raw. He's not going to do anything. But think if if somebody beats Daniel Bryan, it's a big deal. So it'll elevate somebody. That's that's the proper use of Daniel Bryan these days. I agree. He's he's meant to put over new talent, like or young talent. It's we've seen all the Daniel Bryan stuff that we need to see. We've seen him be at his highs. We've seen him be at his lows. Like, he's at that point in his career where he's like, okay, like, what can I do to help the company? Which he's always been a company guy. Like, he's never put himself before anybody else unless they told him to. So then, uh, a couple, I think we have, we have one more week of Raw and SmackDown before Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's only three matches, all three Cell matches Roman versus Jey Uso in a Hell in a Cell I quit match. Uh, Drew versus Orton and Bailey versus Sasha, both of those also in Hell in a Cell matches. And I guess this is also going to be on the card. I don't know how if it was confirmed when it was happening, but they had that women's battle royal on Monday to see who's going to wrestle Oscar for the title. And the winner, drum roll please, Clem. I, Matt, I can't even. I, I it's Lana, but take I, it away, yep. I like I would I I want to quit watching Raw because Raw has just been horrendous, and the fact, the fact that they made Lana the number one contender for Oscar's title is absurd. Is absurd, man. I I am I'm literally angry. Just talking. can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? What? That's why they did it because of your reaction right here. It's hysterical. It is so funny that that's what they did. Um, there's no reason for her to ever be in there. And her thing is that like, oh, she's obviously not a wrestler, but she's attractive and she's an actress. She's a bad actress. She's terrible. She can't talk. You know what the only thing she's good at? Is being married to Miro. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing she's good. I mean, kind of. You know what? No, she may even mention she has two ex-husbands. She's terrible at being a wife. Yeah, Rusev and Bob Lashley. He can't do any. I hate Lana so much, and I'm I'm so mad about this, man. At least, at least the silver lining here is that they split up her and Natalia. Natalia's on SmackDown. Is that the silver lining? I don't really don't give a shit about what Natalia does either. Like, the, oh my god, Natalia should have retired a couple of years ago. Like, she doesn't do much. She doesn't do anything. I Natalia's fine. She still puts on a good match, but when they like what they did with Lana, they tried to make her like the mean girl heel. She can't talk either. It just it's bad. 
you know, keep her quiet, let her wrestle. She'll have good matches with whoever, but that that's as far as they need to go. Um, She's a bad wife. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, tag champs. They're on Raw. They got this Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke thing going on. They're both on Raw. The as as much like as deep I'll say as the women's divisions are on the main roster. There's really four or five, uh, and there's really I'll say five to six women who are credible. You you can tell they're really missing Becky Lynch and Charlotte, who hasn't been on TV. Charlotte, she's been hurt. She had surgery. She should be coming back soon. She was a high draft pick. Um, But realistically, you have Asuka, Bailey, Sasha. Mm -hmm. I'll give you Alexa Bliss. I'll give you Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. That's six people. Oh, get out of here. You're not even putting Nikki Cross in that category. You're nuts. You're nuts. Stop. Stop it! I'm off. I'm off, you, I'm off of you on the Nikki Cross train. We saw her. We saw her at Access. You did what you had to do. You forget about Naomi too. Like, granted, like she doesn't do much, but she's a what two-time champion. Well, what I'm, my point? You make the same point about Naomi that you can about Nikki Cross. If they're on TV, if they're wrestling, that's fine. They'll put in the work, but you can't build a division if you have for argument's sake i'll take one of those two and say you have them wrestle one match and then they're off tv for three weeks you can't do that but the thing is we've seen nikki cross have great matches with these with these women wrestlers you know with bailey we saw her having a, one of the most amazing women's matches with oscar and nxt we know nikki can go with these women naya is terrible we know naya is terrible naomi well, is all right but the thing about Nia Jax, like I said, I said it, uh, I guess, last week. I enjoy, I'm enjoying this pairing with Nia and Shayna Baszler. I love Shayna Baszler. I think she's great. And she's not in the main on the main title picture, which is fine. But she has this story with Nia Jax. Eventually, they're going to continue to butt heads. They'll have a match there. Whatever happens, happens. But, you know, going back to Nikki Cross, Clem, She's on the same brand as Alexa Bliss. I'm sure they'll do something there. Nikki Cross will get involved with her and the Fiend. Otherwise, I can't see Nikki Cross doing anything of noteworthy. I think Alexa Bliss is probably right now my favorite, like the uh, women superstar. Yeah, watch yourself there. You don't say the D word, I know. Um, She's great. Her storyline is creepy. She's creepy, and that's what's perfect about her right now because she's she's fitting into the whole Fiend thing. And I think that was the best thing she could have possibly done for herself right now because she was drowning as a face. In my opinion, I don't think she was doing much of no as a face. I wouldn't say that, but I, what I will say is that they did everything they could with her and Nikki Cross. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, they, they did, and I. But I, I love the fact that she's doing this whole sister Alexa angle. I think it's the best thing on in pro wrestling right now. I mean, next to you know, I'm pretty sure we'll get into Jericho and MJF, but. I think this is the best thing in pro wrestling right now is the sister Alexa angle. It's very fun. You know, every week something new happens. You don't know where it's going to go and you have to see it. You have to watch. Um, Whenever you get something like that, that you can't look away from that you have to watch live. That's that it helps the whole show. Something you're looking forward to every week. Um, Let's pivot away from WWE in the draft. We got to get into AEW. Yesterday they had uh, the, 
Dynamite Anniversary show. The get last week was 30 years of Chris Jericho. Full gear, their next pay-per-view on November 7th. A couple of matches. Well, actually, at this point, no matches are really confirmed. Uh, but there's the finals of that number one contender tournament that they announced yesterday. And FTR is going to be wrestling the winner of next week's Fatal 4-Way for the tag titles. So there's two matches that we like. We see where they're going, but we obviously don't know who the participants are yet. But let's start with the world title. You got John Moxley. He beats Lance Archer on Wednesday. Eddie Kingston, who I love, continues to talk, continues to show up in these Moxley matches. He wrestled them a couple weeks ago. The whole thing is I didn't tap. I didn't tap. And then Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Brothers, they fight off Lance Archer after Moxley wins. And then they beat Moxley down. Are we going to get Moxley versus Eddie Kingston at full gear? I think so. Either that or maybe even a triple threat match between Archer, Kingston, and Moxley. We'll get something of that fact. I mean, I, I haven't seen much of Eddie Kingston, but what I have seen, I've really liked. And I think it'll be a very exciting match whenever it does happen between Moxley and Kingston. I think that, and we'll, we'll stick it with the world title. Uh, I think that whoever it ends up being at full gear, Moxley is going to continue to hang on to the title. But like I said, that finals of the number one contender tournament is on that same night and on opposite sides of the bracket. It's an eight man tournament, opposite sides, hangman page and Kenny Omega. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all leading to that point. I mean, I, when I saw the bracket and I saw where they were in the bracket, I'm like, well, it's going to be Omega and Hangman in the finals. Like, it's, I think that's a no-brainer. And I think that Kenny Omega, whenever he does get that shot, if he beats Hangman, I think Omega is going to take the title off of John Moxley. I think, you know, AW has been around for a full year now on, on national television. Moxley has had a legitimate run as the face of the company. It's time for Omega to come back as the best bout machine and do what he does best, run the division. I think he'll probably end up being a heel, but we need Kenny Omega as the number one guy. Like, Kenny Omega as a heel was so much fun. I don't know why they didn't make him a heel sooner. I mean, like, I guess, like, they were trying to create, like, a great tag team for, like, television, which they did. I think they have the best tag team division. And it – it built that sticks together. Like those guys are tag team wrestlers. They're not singles wrestlers. Like you don't see like guys like Trent and Chuck and like the LAX. Like those guys aren't singles wrestlers. Those guys are singles are, are tag team wrestlers. You're true tag teams. Like when, yep. you, like when you watch like WWE and you see these tag team guys, they're doing, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, yeah, these guys are doing. They've been single stars before. Like they've done that. Like. Best friends have been around together for like 10 years now or something like that. LAX, same way. FTR, the same way. Like those guys weren't single stars before. They are tag team guys. And that's why I think AEW has the better tag team division. Oh, they without a doubt have the best tag team division because they because in, in WWE, they just recycle the same matches over and over again. I mean, how long did we watch uh, Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders? Or how long yeah. did we watch Street, uh, Street Profits versus Angel Garza? Or even, you know, a while ago, it was the New Day versus the Bar or the New Day versus the Usos. It was just, it was the same stuff over and over again. And like we just saw, they break up tag teams we like, like or like Heavy Machinery, like Sanity, one one that I'll, I'll still never get over. They, you they, bring them up every week. 
It may, it, I know. It just doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, the AEW tag division is yards better than what WWE is going on right now. Clem, uh, here? I'm here. I think we lost you. you. You went on your sanity rant, and they said, all right. We, and the internet said, we're not, we're not doing this. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so we, we kind of bridged into the tag teams of AW before we get into that. So that full bracket, it's you know, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela and Pentagon versus Phoenix. Ooh. That's on one side of the bracket. That's a lot of fun. The other side of the bracket, Cole Cabana versus Hangman and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. Those four matches are going to happen this Wednesday. The semifinals are going to happen the following Wednesday. And then the finals, again, like I, we agreed, it looks like it's all, all signs point to Omega versus Hangman happen at full year. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, we bridge to the tag teams. FTR at, at full gear are going to defend the titles against the winner of next week's Fatal 4-Way between Private Party, Alex Reynolds and uh, Alex Silver and John Re- Alex Reynolds and John Silver of Dark Order, Butcher and the Blade, and the Young Bucks. It's exciting. I think it's going to be the Young Bucks. I, I, Matt, you know my take on the Young Bucks. I think they're the best tag team in the, in the entire world. But I wouldn't hate to see Private Party in that as well, just to, you know, just to change it up a bit. I mean, I've only gotten tag title shots before in the past, but I really like Private Party there. They're just, I mean, look, if you like the Street Profits, you'll like Private Party, basically. So. Um, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's reasonable to say. Um, I do like Private Party. Um, I think that this, though, as obvious as it may look, is, is this one we're finally going to get, you know, a one-on-one or a two-on-two of the Young Bucks and FTR straight up for a tag title? They have to. It seems that way, right? It's the what? It's what's the next preview coming up for them? Is it all out? Full gear. This is full gear. Full gear. I think you have to do it. I think you finally have to pull the trigger. Like these guys, they've been building to this for five since ever since uh, being the elite. Like came on, they've always been saying, "Oh, FDR, FDR." Like forever the revival, baby. This match has to happen. And you know what? I think that's finally when Paige decides to join those guys and, like, they do something with that because they kick Paige out of the Elite, so, like, he has to obviously do something to get back at them. So why not ruin their chances again? I don't disagree with you, but I hope that if we finally get this match between the Bucks and FTR, that it's straight up and we get a clean finish. Um, That being said, it is professional wrestling. I doubt it. Um, but if that's the match we get, it'll tear the freaking house down. Absolutely. And we know that. Clem, what do you got? You're going to say something? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, the, the TNT title, we had Cody comes back. He beats Brody Lee, wins the title back. Then this week he goes to a time limit draw with Orange Cassidy. Um, I get why they do that. Cassidy looks good. Cody just scoots away with the champion's advantage. Two in two weeks, the go home show for uh, full gear. They're going to have a rematch, and the winner is going to defend the title at full gear against Darby Allen. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we just get a triple threat match between Cody, Darby, and so, like, Orange are they Cassidy. Just not giving Brody to do like a rematch? Is that like not happen? That doesn't happen with the TNT. Thing? I I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of good. It's kind of good they don't give him an immediate rematch right away. I kind of no, like. I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> oh my, yeah, and I like Orange Cat. Orange Cassidy's great. I love his gimmick and the fact and like people don't even like realize that like. He can actually – he's a really good – Now wrestler. he's wrestling, yep. He's really good. Like, you know, he does his whole, like, hands in the pockets, you know, tap kicks and all that stuff, and that's great. But then, like, once he gets going, he's really good. And he's, he's also a wrestler, exactly. He's I love wrestler. Darby Allen. Totally. He's one of my favorites in AEW. Um, I, and he and Cody have had – like, a, when AEW had first been putting out the pay-per-views before they had a TV deal – Cody brought him in. They had the match at um, might have been the first All Out or Fight all Fest or something that like that. Dynamite show, wasn't it? Didn't he? Uh, they might have also wrestled on the first Dynamite show. You're right. Um, so they have a lot of history. Darby's never gotten the win. Um, that's why I'd almost as much like I said. I think we're gonna we might get Cody versus Orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen. I'd also like to just see Darby Allen finally beat Cody for the TNT title. I think Cody Rhodes is my favorite wrestler on the planet. You think Cody will give up the title that quickly again after just losing it, after just winning it back? Uh, to Darby Allen, yes, yeah. just because of the history, just because how much it would put over Darby Allen for finally being able to, to beat Cody. If Cody gives it up. They can do, if Kenny, say Kenny wins the title off Moxie, they can do Kenny versus Cody again. They, and wrestled, they wrestled. They wrestled in a triple threat match, right? That was him, Coda, and Cody. Something like that, yeah. And like that was like probably like the only time they really wrestled each other. In AEW, they haven't touched each other. That's that's a money match right there. You can literally build that as like all oh, the two faces of the company going against each other. And that's why I'm excited for Omega to finally get his hands on the title if that happens, because you have a list of guys he can defend against and have programs with. Obviously, Hangman Page and Ben Moxley, the first two. You could run back Omega versus Jericho, Omega versus Brian Cage. Any of the bigger guys, right? Brian Cage, Brody Lee, Lance Archer, Omega versus whoever else, MJF. How do we feel on Will Hobbs? Are we fans of Will Hobbs? I haven't seen enough of him, but I like him. From, from what I've seen, I'm enjoying what he's been doing. Um, and that's, you know, the la- we'll end it here on Jericho and MJF, what this is eventually going to lead to. Uh, you know, a year ago, right at the beginning of Dynamite, we, they had the big, uh, they had the big promo battle right after MJF turned on Cody in his match against Jericho. And they've called back to it. Says, oh, you want to join the Inner Circle, Max? Oh, do you want me to join the Inner Circle, Chris? Going back and forth. They've done that. MJF gets everybody the inner circle jackets. And the, you can tell the inner circle wants nothing to do with MJF. Jericho likes him because he's himself 25 years younger. They have this whole thing there. Jericho, uh, MJF, the promo from the other day, he's talking to himself. Come on, Max, you're blowing it. And then it looks like they're going to build up to this match. And he challenges him instead. He says, let's go, let's go get a steak dinner. And that's going to happen this Wednesday on Dynamite. Where is this going to end up? Are they going to wrestle full gear? I think, you know, he might just say, you know, if you want to be in the inner circle, you have to wrestle Sammy or or uh, 
why can't I think? Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Jake Hager. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, it might. I think it might end up something like that. But this is the most anticipated steak dinner in in history. In the history, in the history of steaks. In the history of cows. In the history of steak dinners, this is the most one. You know, you could talk about all the you know potential you know football things that went on at steak dinners. You know, guys being signed at steak dinner. No, this is the most epic. And Biggest contracts? No, this is number one. This is number one right here. MJF and Chris Jericho steak dinner, twenty twenty. Can I tell them the way they've reinteracted the rest of the inner circle and MJF? Clearly, Sammy Guevara doesn't like him. MJF doesn't like Sammy. I think that MJF and Wardlow eventually do join the inner circle. And because of that, Sammy gets booted. Because I think Sammy Guevara, the way he wrestles, the way he bumps, I think Sammy Guevara could be the biggest baby face in the company. He could. At some point. He could. Especially, he punch, so. like, especially, I agree. That's why he's so good at what he's doing with the inner circle. Yeah. But if he gets booted by the inner circle and MJF and Wardlow and Hager and Proud and Powerful and Jericho, and they all just beat Sammy Guevara down and you don't see him for two, three months. And then all of a sudden he comes back and has to work his way back up and finally gets his, gets his revenge on the inner circle and MJF. You build to an MJF Sammy Guevara match for getting kicked out of the inner circle. And Sammy Guevara as the baby face. I think everybody would be on board. I think he'd get a lot of fan support. Look, I, I, MJF has my support in, in whatever he does. He wants to, he wants to go build uh, uh, snow globes. I'm, I'm there. You know, he wants to go make a grilled cheese sandwich. I, I'm, I'm in on watching whatever MJF does. That, that's Shout out Plainview. I, yeah, exactly. Long Island guy. I tell, like, and I've said it in the past. The best heel in, in within in the in professional wrestling is MJF. He's great. He has my attention ten times out of ten when he's on TV. Yeah, um, I can't disagree with that. He's he's the best. Um, the stuff he did with Moxley the past couple months was really good. He didn't have to win the title. Um, I actually prefer that he didn't. Um, and now the stuff with MJF and Jericho, where it ends up, I don't know. But I'm gonna be glued to the TV because it's it's that damn good. Uh, agreed. Big MJF guy, go Long Island. So um, that's uh. I'm sure he like wrestled for that uh that company that like Zack Ryder and he wrestled for Hawk at Creative Pro. Creative Pro. Yeah, he's he's like their most uh their most successful graduate. We should go visit Creative Pro. I feel like that place is crazy. Um. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's pretty much all I have. Before, what's that clip? We can get our own tag team going, us three right here. Oh, we've had this for months. Those are three people. That's not That's a tag not team. But sure. Um, I'm the power. Eric was going to be – his brother Eric was going to be the high flyer. I was the power, and that was on now. Glenn, you could be – you could be our Kofi Kingston. I'll be the manager. No, you could be our Kofi. Like <laughs> – Eric's our Xavier Woods. I'm our Big E. You could be our Kofi. This is, an, this is an absurd statement. Um, that's all I have. Other than what's happening right now, uh, you guys have anything else you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? Anything uh, don't, that went on this week? Anything that's going to continue going on? John Cena's married. John Cena did get married heart. again. That's, that's big. Somebody that won't break his heart. Who would he marry? His girlfriend. And he started dating like right after him and – Nikki broke up. She's kind of hot, not going to lie. 
Well, my guy, John. John Cena, guy's a stud, man. He's a man rocker. My, he's my best friend, so, I mean. <laughs> John Cena, congratulations to the Cenas. Um, anyway, yeah, like I said, that's all I got. Two weeks in a row, uh, we're, it's borderline a streak. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Michael, this was a solid debut. We'll see what happens. Uh, I told you, I've wanted to be on the phone forever. You have officially, you have officially overtaken that number four spot. Sorry, Drew. Um, anyway, I'm Matt. For Clem and Big Mike Campione, we'll see you next week. This has been the Phenomenal Forum.